Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Anu and Sunil Srivastava from Veranda Progressive Indian Restaurant coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's the owner of Fluff Bake Bar in Midtown. Becky Masson, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm good. And you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Let's dive right into the news of the week. Usually when I put this together, I feel like there's not that. There, some weeks are thinner for news and some weeks have more news and it's always Becky we are loaded this week I know we have no time for dilly dally but I have to just tell you I saw Ronnie Killen's post and then your article came so let's do it <laughs> well yeah let's start with Ronnie Killen he's coming inside the loop I'm so excited he has leased the former Hickory Hollow space at 101 Heights Boulevard for a new restaurant he is simply calling Killens, no three-letter suffix <laughs> necessary. So it's not like BBQ, STQ, or TMX. It's just Killens. And he describes the menu as the best of what we do, by which he means all of the kind of comfort food that's always been present on the menus at his various restaurants, but has never had like its own dedicated home. So chicken fried steak from Killens Barbecue, the fried shrimp from... Killen Steakhouse, the brisket enchiladas that are part of TMX, some barbecue hamburgers. He's got obviously he's got Killen's burgers, so it's it's just like a a mix, and then with some some new stuff, just to kind of keep things interesting. Can he do a chicken fried chicken like to pay homage to Hickory Hollow? I'm sure there will be chicken fried chicken. Well, chicken fried steak is homage. I, yeah, I know. I always ate chicken fried chicken there. I'm never, I was never a big fan of chicken fried steak. Well, that, I mean, that restaurant served essentially chicken fried steak, chicken fried chicken, and barbecue for 40 years. And it will continue to serve all of those things, except now they will be made by Ronnie Keller. I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I, I love Ronnie. I'm just going to say it. I hate driving to Pearland. Sorry. I just don't, I just, I'm not in for it. No, I think, I think a lot to, of people. You have to plan it. Yeah, I think a lot of interloopers feel that way about going to Pearland, even though they do, right? Especially to Killen's Barbecue. That's been a destination for basically since the day it opened. Yeah, for sure. And I think people are finding their way to Killen's TMX, which we've talked about on the show a couple of times. It's a very good version of kind of Tex-Mex and Mexican food. I still have, I need to go, but I've heard very, very good things. Well, and I mean... You make the best croissants in Houston, but Sam- no, Samantha, Samantha might be making the second best croissants in Houston. Yeah, Samantha is amazingly talented and needs more light show, whatever the word is. English yep. is escaping me today. We keep nominating her for Tastemaker Awards for Pastry Chef of the Year. So if nothing else, we're keeping her. I think we're keeping her, her in the conversation. Like her, she she might be as obsessed. I, I think she might be more obsessed than I am. Um, her technical skills are amazing. Like her chocolates, her laminated doughs, like the whole nine yards. So it'll be nice to get some Samantha inside the loop as well as Ronnie. Yeah. And, you know, he opened Killen's STQ on Voss in the Briargrove neighborhood a couple of years ago, and it's been very successful for him. But it's also small, right? It's mm-hmm. like 65 seats. It's it's lunch and dinner during the week, dinner only on the weekends, but it's, you know, it's expensive and it can be hard to get a table there sometimes. This will be a much more democratic dining experience, more in keeping with Killen's Barbecue, Killen's Burgers, Killen's TMX. Yeah. At a, you know, at an elevated level. I mean, I think, you know, you that's a that's a rising neighborhood. That's an affluent area. So it's not going to be cheap chicken fried steak necessarily but it will be very good chicken fried steak. yeah you can guarantee it'll be good yeah ronnie it's like ronnie ronnie has the golden touch he definitely has uh, i mean we're basically three weeks away from killing steakhouse opening in the woodlands and then this will follow he says four months i think we all know that that means <laughs> six 
at least six. <laughs> you, you know, if it's if it's open by December, I, I think if I were Ronnie, I'd feel pretty good about that. Uh, we'll see. He doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of changes planned for the space. You know, yeah. New paint, new floors, new bathrooms. Will it still be like counter service like it was with? No, I don't know. I I don't know. I think it'll probably be full service. More I like the, the counter service aspect of it. I like that really bad salad bar too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not coming back. And I got an email from someone that was like, "What about live music?" I, I, I did I they don't, have live music? They did. It, it it was a big part of Hickory Hollow. Yeah, I have no idea whether the the stage is going to stay or not. I, I think it's it's way too soon. He does have live music on the patio at Killen's Barbecue every now and then, so we'll see. My guess is probably not. Yeah. That, that that real estate will be seating. better allocated to seating. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, this is this is big news. This is... He is awfully close to Truth Barbecue. He's awfully close to Truth Barbecue, which is one of the reasons it's not just a barbecue restaurant. But, you know, I think, you know, again, if all you wanted was barbecue... And you wanted it during lunch, you would probably go to Truth. If you were with a group of people who wanted, some people wanted barbecue and some people wanted other stuff. You'd go over to Killens. You would go, you will go to Killens. And I think that they, there's more than enough people in that part of the world that they can peacefully coexist. I think so. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think everybody's going to be friendly and i i would imagine that you will see some sort of like trading creamed corn for tater tot casserole happening (laughs) running bus boys back and forth across washington avenue uh it's already started couch potatoes trading for tater tot casserole (laughs) yeah i'm not surprised to hear that (laughs) i got a text from leonard i need 10 more of those i was like okay (laughs) <laughs> I need more tater tot casserole. I need in my more life. tater tot casserole and some of those hot gut sausages. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. Ronnie Killen might not even be the most famous person to announce a new restaurant in the last few days because Bobby Hugel and Justin Yu also have more plans. They're about to open Squabble. Yes. In the former Southern Goods space in the Heights. But in addition to that, they are opening Penny Quarter in the former Etro space right next to Anvil. This will be an all-day cafe and bar that kind of pulls together a bunch of the strengths of the various people that they employ. So Alex Negranza, the one-time Anvil bartender who's currently overseeing operations for Bobby's downtown bars, will oversee the coffee program. He was a barista in Seattle before he was a bartender in Houston. Justin Van, who is... Justin Yu's business partner, public services, and already does the wine list for Better Luck Tomorrow, will be a partner in this business doing the wine list. And it's going to have a heavy wine focus because it doesn't really need to serve cocktails because it's right next door to Anvil and Anvil makes... Will there be a secret door? I don't know if there will be a secret (laughs) door. I think you may have to actually walk outside and walk into the next one. Although, you know, who knows? There could be like a... There could be a secret pathway. A secret, yeah, through the kitchen or whatever. Uh, and Justin Yu is putting together a menu of, you know, grabbing like kind of to-go-y yeah. breakfast items, toasts and sandwiches, and then, you know, sort of small plates and shareable items at dinner. I'm really excited to see this from Justin Yu. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Doc's Heart. Between him and Matt McAllister, they got me to eat more vegetables than I'd ever known that I liked in my life. <laughs> yeah, Oxford is the only one of the very few restaurants where I would deliberately order the vegetarian menu me just too. because I felt like it was more interesting. Me too. And like the tomato toast at Theodore Rex is so amazing. So we know he can do no wrong when it comes to toast. Um, we've seen those great small plates at BLT. So I'm really excited to see this different side of Justin Yu. Yeah, and I think he had a quote in the press release that was basically like, people think I'm really serious. Oh my God. And if you only <laughs> ever encounter him at, at first at Oxheart and then now at Theodore Rex, it's like, it's very quiet. It's very professional. He's very calm. He's very calm. If you follow him on Instagram, like he's always kind of making fun of Justin Van. Always. Justin Van makes fun of him. I mean, it's like a they've known each other since high school. That's very much a part of their dynamic. You know that he like likes Taylor Swift. Oh, yes. Like he has this kind of sly like sense Taylor of humor. Swift, <laughs> You're gonna have to. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know which Taylor, version of Taylor I think Swift he, likes he rides the middle with. One. 
Uh, he did teach me how to whip a nene in, at Fluff Bake Bar one night. This this is true. Okay. Yeah. So Leslie, so he has kind of this sly sense of humor, and I think you know that comes out in like the party melt maybe at BLT, but you know that he can do kind of more casual, more approachable, frankly, more affordable food in addition to kind of the elevated food that he's known for. I mean, I'm really excited about this. Me too. And they've kind of pitched it as the next evolution of the Montrose Cafe, right? Like if you go way back in the day, there was Cafe Artiste in the space that's now Night Heron and then Brazil and Empire. Agora. Agora. Uh, more like not new, but slightly newer, like Black Hole or maybe even Blacksmith or uh, Siphon Coffee. Yeah, you know uh-huh. all of that kind of right. There's always not Montrose has always had these kind of cafes with an alcohol component, and so this is kind of the next evolution of that. And it's from two people who, I mean, Bobby obviously has had a business in Montrose for ten years now. You know, Justin certainly has been a customer and, and has his own ties to Montrose, maybe not professionally, but but otherwise. I mean, this is this is like between this penny penny quarter. And then Rosie Cannonball, the kind of wood-fired pizza pasta concept that David Keck, Felipe Riccio, and Adam Garcia are developing, like basically right in front of Goodnight Charlie's. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this is very close to where I live. This is where I'm going to be eating in 2019, I think. For sure. It's easy to get to. It's right there. It's affordable. It's accessible. It's still, it's, I'm assuming it will be delicious. I'm, I'm hopeful. But you know what happens when we assume. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the I I mean, like I said, I'm excited to see this side of Justin Yu. He is a very jovial character. He's pretty sarcastic too. But I think like with the introduction of the party melt, we saw a side that we wanted to see more of. Right. People who know him personally are familiar with that side of him. People who only know him professionally may not have had that. Lo- like those experience. potatoes at um, BLT that taste like the seasoning from Five Guys. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. So more more stuff like that. Yeah. It'll be good. I'm it'll excited. Be, it'll be really good. And it'll be nice to have like a kind of, I don't know how affordable, approachable. The, the, I assume the wine list will have an affordable, approachable component from Justin Van. Yeah, I think Justin Van's really good at like running the whole board, like looking for that really great find that's six or seven dollars a glass, or that really great find that's thirty dollars a glass. Or well, something. right, or that that hundred dollar bottle that tastes like it could be a three hundred dollar bottle. Exactly, he's you know. he's got he's got that juju in him to find those things. Yeah, so the doctor, <laughs> the doctor. So, all right, so that's. So that's our second new concept from highly acclaimed, highly talented individuals. Yeah. All right. Topic number three, Adam Doris, the one-time chef of Pax Americana, most recently of Presidio, is opening a bar in the former Brooklyn Athletic Club space called Lottie Dottie. That song is, which is like I read it, and there's it's, there's a song. So uh, it's a rap have to song. Oh, it's, a, it's um, Lottie Dottie. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. It's like an early early hip hop song, and I, I couldn't get it out of my head when I read it. There you go. Thank you, Slick Rick. Slick Rick. Thank you, producer yes. Michael Carroll. Yes. <laughs> like, see, oh, this is Adam. this is where this is where my musical ignorance shines through. The song went through my head. I couldn't remember the artist. There you go. Uh, so yeah, this is, so there's sort of two components of this. First, let's, let's, Presidio closed after it had a fire towards the end of last year. It will not be reopening. Who's going to take that space? I have feelers out. I am trying to find that out. <laughs> uh, it will not, if it if, won't sit empty, long. it won't sit empty for long. It's a prime. It's a, it, it's biggest problem is that it's, it has a very small kitchen. Yes. But it has a prime location on 11th Street with patios both in the front and the back. Yeah. And it will not. So it will get it will get snapped up by someone who looks at the financial success of neighbors like Dish Society, 8 Row Flint, Calle Onze, Field and Tides. Yes, very much. All of those things and go, I want a piece of that for me. 
So, yeah, that's not going to be a problem. Um, it is a little bit unfortunate. I, I always like the idea of Presidio. I, I went kind of in the beginning. It didn't. I had I had such high regard for Pax Americana. Yeah. Presidio never quite lived up to those expectations, at least that I had for it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's a little bit sad because it was my understanding that Adam had kind of gotten uh, rejuvenated in what he was doing at Presidio and had made some changes. And then it had the fire. Right. And so I had been planning to go there to check in and see how it was doing. But I, I, I never got the opportunity. So that's unfortunate. But... Lottie Dottie will be interesting because he's bringing back all the cool charcuterie, the stuff that he used to do at Stella Sola, at Revival Market. Nice. Yeah. So patines, terrine, pet. Pate. Pate. Thank you. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Terrines, dry cured items once they have enough time to age. And then it's going to, but it's going to be a bar first. So he's working with Michael Riojas, who used to be at Beavers and is currently at Ladybirds. And they'll do frozen cocktails and draft cocktails. And the fun thing about doing draft cocktails is, you know, you can have a single serving. You can have a carafe that you can split with someone else. Or you can have a pitcher. Or you can have like a giant punch bowl and they'll decorate (laughs) it with garnishes and accoutrement. So the if I remember, because it's been a really long time since I've been to BIC, there's a small kitchen in there, right? It does. It It has a small kitchen. It has a, from my memory, a decent sized walk in cooler. I think you're right. What it has is a lot of patio. That's right. And of course, patio bars are all the rage and have been for a couple of years. Very few of them have food that I would describe as memorable. This will add, right, BLT is kind of a patio bar with really good food. The Kirby Group's bars like Holman Draft Hall, Wooster Garden, Spear Garden, because Brandon Silva's there. He makes really great food. After that, it's kind of slim picking. So add Adam, Doris, and Lottie Dottie to the list of bars with interesting food. Add in Michael Riojas's cocktails, plus some draft wines and some draft beer and some craft beer. That's a pretty good mix. Yeah, I don't know. I, I everybody always wants where do they where do people park? I I don't know where everybody parks. It's a I think bar. BAC had ballet. BAC had a, BAC had a ballet. <laughs> I'm just going to trip all over myself. BAC did have a valet. There was an empty lot across the street that they used. I think they used for parking. I think they're building on that lot, though. Oh, dear. So I don't think that's available. Well, just Uber. Just Uber. Right. It's it's 2019. You probably shouldn't be driving to a bar anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I... Adam, I didn't put this in the article when I talked to Adam, but he, he basically said... You know, I've gotten my ass kicked for two years. I'm ready to have some fun. And I like the idea of Adam Doris having fun with a new concept and a great bartender. That just equals more goodness for us. Yeah, absolutely. If he's having fun, we're going to have fun. Exactly. And you worked with Adam, yes? No? No. Okay. Uh, But you know Adam. I do know Adam. I think there was like, because I consulted at Stella Sola, so there might have been a little crossover there. And then, you know, I would deliver to Revival. We did a dinner. I did desserts for him for a dinner at Revival once upon a time ago. Did you know Revival turned eight recently? I saw that. Isn't that amazing? Anvil turned 10, Revival turned eight. Wow. We're getting old. We're getting old. Um, but yeah, I know, I know Adam. He did a bake sale. The weekend I had to have my gallbladder emergency taken out. Ugh. Bless his heart. Um, so we've, you know, we've crossed paths. We just haven't been together recently. But, but you know, certainly like one of the more talented chefs in the city. Someone who's Definitely. maybe fallen off the radar just a little bit. And so, I mean, don't call it a comeback, but maybe call it a comeback. No. And I think having had, you know, having gone through the, I mean, mine wasn't a fire. Mine was water which was a pain in the arse, but having that stress of going through all of that makes you want to come back with a vengeance. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're like, this is it. I'm doing this now. And so I think it was a good rest period for him. And then he can get like every, all the ducks in order and 
boom, make a splash. I agree. All right. Topic number four. Finn Hall, the downtown food hall, only opened in December. It's already lost its first tenant. I mean, I don't want to say I told you so. That, that something would close or that the pizza place was going to be the first one? That something would. I mean, it is the nature of food halls to turn over, right? Conservatory, yeah. the food hall next to Prohibition. Yes. Only one of its, or it's only been open for a couple of years, only one of its original vendors is still there. Mm-hmm. That's Elboro and the Bull. Everything else has turned over at least once in a couple of spaces more than once. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Nice Pie, the pizza place that was owned by, among other people, Brandon Young, the owner of Moon Tower Inn and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voodoo Queen. Dunzo. I mean, I don't wish I don't wish ill on anyone, and I'm 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 sad for them that it didn't work out. But dude, how many f- food halls do you need downtown? Well, right now there's two, but there's a lot more coming. Exactly, we, we've talked about this a lot. Bravery Chef Hall is going to open sometime in the next few weeks. That'll be next. Understory in the Scansa Tower on. Uh, Capital that'll open next sometime this summer with concepts that include East Hampton Sandwich Company, Mama Ninfa's Tacos and Tortas. That'll be good. Maybe a new Common Bond, uh, another Boomtown Coffee. That'll be good. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Flippin' Patties. Oh, that'll be the good. The Filipino Burger Spot. Yeah. yeah. So that's all. So and and I think they still got they still have a couple more to announce. So that's all. Oh, and Mona Italian Kitchen. So. Hmm. So that's all sort of that's coming. And then there's Lyric Market, which is more mysterious in the arts district. You know, they haven't announced anything. That's um, that's not is that Grant and Charles? That's the one that. Good. Yes. Charles, yeah. Charles Clark and Grant Cooper from Clark Cooper Concepts are consulting on that. So that's. You just, you know, I've, I, I moved here in what, 07 and I have watched them for. Oh, my God, I've been here 12 years. You've watched for 12 years trying to make downtown a thing. Well, and downtown has become... So that, that area around Market Square and Main Street... That's a lively part. Is a, is a nightlife spot Thursday, Friday, Saturday, for yeah. sure. Quieter during the week. You know, and then you've got that area kind of around Discovery Green, Avenida Houston with all the restaurants and the hotels. That's kind of a thing. But that's kind of a thing. I feel like that's kind of a thing. I mean, with the exception of Sochi, like you're lively because you're next to the convention bureau and you're in the convention center and the hotels and all of that. Like, I'd like to know the numbers of how many Houstonians versus out of towners eat sure. at the Grove. Well, sure. But if you're if you're an operator and you're considering these downtown food halls, essentially the calculation is you'll do enough lunch business from downtown office workers to be viable. That's a big part of Finn Hall's appeal. It's connected to the tunnel. It's in the heart of the central business district. But you also have to keep the, you have to do a price point that's comparable to the tunnels. You just have to. Sure. And People you're also are creatures of habit. Well, that, that is true, but they also, they like a little novelty. So the new mm, kid on the block, yeah. the new kid on the block draws a certain amount of attention. And then you're hoping that as the residential population downtown increases, Right, as more and more of these towers open, that you'll build dinner business over time. So I don't know what like I've only been to Finn Hall a couple of times on the weekends. Uh-huh. I can't speak to what it's like at night. My understanding is it's very busy at lunch during the week. But you know, it's it's evolving. And I don't really think of it as a destination. Right? I don't I don't know that any of the individual concepts are so compelling. Like, do I have to go to Kraft Burger to have a burger? No. no. Do they make good burgers? Sure. Right. I think Shannon Toon makes a nice burger, but will I, will I deal with the hassle of driving to downtown and parking downtown just to eat a Kraft Burger burger when I could go to Bernie's Burger Bus or Buff Burger or the Burger Joint or whatever? No, I'm not there. But if I were going downtown, say to an Astros game or a Dynamo match yeah. or whatever, and I had a group of people and none of us quite knew what we wanted or we all wanted slightly different things, Finn Hall's a no-brainer. 
So, because it's right on the rail and, you know, we, we could make that work. But so that's kind of where I'm at. And so I, like, they'll find a new pizza vendor. It's not going to, that, that slot is not going to stay empty for long. And the nice thing about the pizza vendor is you could do delivery, right? You can, mm-hmm. you can leverage those delivery apps. I know you're a huge fan of all of them. <laughs> yes. But to deliver pizza downtown, you know, it's, sell it's pizza. A, no, no brainer. that's a no brainer. Yeah, that's a no brainer. That's definitely, I mean, I was talking to uh, Ryan Para about Vinny's and he's like, I'm a pizza guy now. I've, I, they they utilize those apps and it's increased their business and it's been great for them. So yeah, that would be great. Right. And right. And they'll compete. Right. So the new pizza vendor at Finn Hall will compete with Vinny's and Frank's for their share of the downtown pizza delivery market and also people who are in that area and want pizza. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I'm just not convinced that they're all going to be successful. No, I I wish them well. I I do. I wish them all well. I'm more intrigued in some ways by Politan Row, which is coming to Rice Village. Yes. Because it already has the traffic, like the the foot traffic, and you're close to the university and the medical center. You've got a lot of parking. That all kind of makes sense to me. That definitely. That's that seems like a logical place to put a food hall. But and I've been and I've been trading some emails with the Paulton Row people, and so I hope that we'll have some announcements about tenants soon. Would be interesting, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? All right. Oh yes. Before we wrap up the news of the week, all of your bake sales are special. Yes, on Saturday morning. <laughs> some are more special than others. Uh, yeah, and this one is super special. I'm I have never met this chef. I just sent him a message and said, hey, you want to do this? Um, Tell the people who it is. Oh, Mason Herford from Turkey and the Wolf in New Orleans. Yeah, this is arguably one of the most famous restaurants in New Orleans. It won Bon Appetit's Best New Restaurant of the Year in 2017. It's been on just about every other Best New Restaurant list by other publications. It was a James Beard Award semifinalist. We don't have a sandwich shop like Turkey and the Wolf in Houston. Well, no, we don't. And all of those accolades are amazing. But I'm going to tell you, it was Mason's Instagram that got me. He might be snarkier than I am. I mean, I like OMG. Yeah, I like it was like love at first, like Instagram thing. So yeah, I, I with the help of Steven Straduski of uh, Koshan, talked him into coming. So he'll be here this weekend. Yeah, this is the first time I think he's probably cooked in Houston. He's Yes, he's only been in Houston once for one night. So he's going to be here for a couple of days. You might see us out eating around. Um, he, he definitely wants crawfish. So um, Lashane, Ryan Lashane's going to tell you because I can't eat yeah, it. Yeah, I'll give so. you a list. Yeah, I, yeah I'm like, I don't know anything because I can't eat it, but here you go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so uh, I will be there. 100% right at 10 a.m. right when you open. Yes, I definitely I definitely um, suggest. And there was a lot of like back and forth on emails. And he's like, well, we could call it this and you might get sued. And I said, well, I've made this and I called it this so I wouldn't get sued. So there's going to be a couple of those I might get sued kind of names. <laughs> That's very right. Uh, you sent me a menu. I put that in the Culture Map Guide. Nice. To the weekend's best, for, to the week's best food events. Thank you. Uh, so we're getting the word out that way. And then, of course, follow you on Instagram at Fluff Bake Bar. Yeah, I'm going to post the menu. I probably um, will post it Wednesday. I have to make the menu. So I'll yeah. have color tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super, super, super excited. And then I just want to point out that Saturday night, there's the Houston Whiskey Social. Christopher Hart hosts a podcast that airs on ESPN 97.5, usually right after this show does. That's a great event if you like whiskey. And if you don't like whiskey, Saturday Night Truth Barbecue is hosting an epic fundraising dinner with uh, some pitmasters from five, five other pitmasters from all over the country, including Wayne Miller from the legendary Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas. Uh, you probably the, see Mason and I there Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, as, of, as of Monday when we were recording this podcast, the dinner had not sold out. I don't really understand why it hasn't sold out yet. 
it will sell out uh, $175 for maybe the most memorable barbecue meal of the year. And if I weren't already going to the Whiskey Social, I would be there too. I'll let you know how it is. Yeah. You take pictures. Yeah. All right. Uh, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Becky, for our restaurant of the week, we're going to do something that I don't usually do on the show, which is we're going to talk about the restaurant owned by the interview guest before the guest sits down for the interview. Uh-oh. So we're going to talk about Veranda Progressive Indian Restaurant in Upper Kirby. This is the evolution of Great Wakana Cafe that was owned by Sunil and Anu Srivastava. That was that was impressive. Thank you. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Becky, I'm just going to throw it to you. What did you think of Veranda? Um, it was good. Uh, it's real good. It's real good. The food is is really good. Um, the dining room is beautiful. Um, I guess I'm so used to like going to like Himalaya and London Sizzler lately that I forgot about the whole like white tablecloth kind of service that Indian restaurants can be. Um, it's been since the early 90s since I've had that experience. Yeah, there is a fine dining component to this restaurant, not just in like, not just based on its location or its decor, but in like all of the table side touches yes. that kind of enhance the experience. So, you know, uh, kebabs come in cloches that are filled with, with smoke. smoke. And then the smoke permeates the air and what's your appetite for the meat that you're about to eat. And if there's, th- you know, four pieces of a meat or a piece of fish or whatever on a, on a plate as it, as it comes to the table, the server will portion that out and serve it to you. Yes. All of that's really elegant. It is. It's not something I want to do every day. No. But I, <laughs> but but I think this is a more elevated dining experience. It is, it is. And, it's and very nice. We'll be talking to Sunil and I knew about that and why they chose to do that. It's but date night celebration, you yeah. want to be fancy, kind yeah. of thing. And at a and at a premium, admittedly a premium price point. I mean, we spent about one hundred and fifty dollars on dinner for two. With you we had a couple a, glass of wine, I had a cocktail. We we ordered a little heavy too. Didn't we, we did we did go a little crazy, and we yeah. had. You know, and we we dove more deeply into the menu. We had uh, a venison special. That was really nice. It was spicy, but it was good. Yeah, but it but it was beautifully cooked and and yeah. very flavorful. We had some seafood. We had the um, garlic naan. We had the the samo- samosas were good. Those were really good. I love those things. Um, and we we went for like the tikka masala just because. Yeah, just because we wanted a little tikka masala. Yeah, exactly. And they have very, uh, they had very elegant desserts. They were really fancy, like really like grown up takes on things that you like. I can never pronounce the donut. Gulab jamun. Yeah, that one. Those were super cute, super tiny. Um, the ice cream, the loved because it wasn't super sweet. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it kofti ice cream? Yes, that's it, kofti. Um, but very nicely presented um, in a. To it definitely matched the setting and the whole entire meal. Yeah, so you'll go back probably for lunch. Yeah, they're going to be open for lunch, or I think they are open for lunch. They have like a lunch special thingy that was a little more affordable to my pocketbook. Um, maybe if Mrs. Wilson is paying, we'll go back. Don't tell her that. <laughs> but no, it's. I mean, I will. It's something I will. De- it's a place I would definitely go back to. I just might pick and choose when it was. Right. I mean, definitely special occasion, definitely intimate, fine dining, but but not a bad, like, I think given the quality of what we ate and the level of execution and refinement, I feel good about the amount of money we spent. Yeah, But definitely. it is definitely a different experience than going to a restaurant like Himalaya or London Sizzler. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it was. The service was really um, attentive and nice. Um, you had that crazy margarita. Yeah, I did, and I'm. I was trying to remember what was, what was in the crazy margarita, but it had. It was an Indian influenced margarita, is all yeah, I remember, and it was yeah. pink. 
And it was very tasty. Yeah. I wouldn't taste it because I broke up with tequila. <laughs> I had a very nice glass of rosé. <laughs> um, the um, the biryani was kind of cool. The way that it came out with the like, I guess a naan or a pie dough. Yeah, it baked comes on in. A, it comes. Yeah, it comes with a dough covering, and so it's. It's like a they, whole presentation, right? And it releases again. It releases like an aromatic whiff, and it's you know the rice is. We did a mushroom and, and it was And we so did a mushroom good. and the mushrooms were so good. So good. I could have Very eaten. savory, very satisfying. Yes. Delicious. All right. I'm going to say that does it for the restaurants of the week. Becky, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Sunil and Anu Srivasta the owners of Veranda Progressive Indian Restaurant, recently opened in the Kirby Collection. Uh, I'm going to introduce you separately so that people can hear your voices. Sunil, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much. Welcome to everybody. Anu, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Have a wonderful afternoon. (laughs) Uh, I always like to start these interviews at the beginning, and since you're a couple, can can you tell me how you met? In the kitchen. Where were you? When, when was this and where were you working? So we were cooking for Welcome Group, Sheridan, back home in India, management training program of kitchen. Both of us, she was a bad junior to me, and I was in charge for all the newcomers and trainees. So we were cooking, you know, for the company, and one day we decided let's cook for ourselves and life. <laughs> uh, I knew what was that? When did you when did you start to realize that this person who had been bossing you around you might you might actually want to spend more time with him? I really had to we had to I had to fix him up because he used to always trouble me up. I say you know what, I know how to take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> so he used to put me to wash dishes and clean this. Okay, let's fix this up. I say no, you can start with washing dishes at home too. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was then, all fun and just started like that. You know, we never realized that when it was that we meant for each other and we would like to go ahead in life. And, um, and it was a beautiful decision and beautiful um, you know, meeting. Thanks to Welcome Group for you know, giving us that opportunity and we could make what we have done in our life together. So when did you come to America from India? So I was... Uh, um, so let me, let me just give you a brief about my career. I started my career with Welcome Group, Bukhara's, you know, Dampuk, their name brand, Dakshin. They're known for Indian food, and I was cooking French food for them. Indian is my passion, my love. I always spend my rest of the time going into the Indian kitchens and learning from the masters. So you, uh, were, you, were, you were an Indian chef with making French food in India? I was, no, I was... Uh, so management training program gets you everywhere, but I was posted into French cuisine. I was cooking French for Towers, and uh, for the, you know, the French kitchen of Welcome Group. And Dambuk and Bukhara was my love, always. I love Chef Qureshi, I love Chef Madanlal. So I used to go in my part-time, my late time, my break time, and be in their kitchens and learn from the masters, whatever I could, where, whatever I could get hand on to it. Because somehow I felt that I had a deep-rooted connection with the Indian food. My mom was a great cook. She used to cook phenomenal. I use her recipe a lot today also. So... That's where that's why my career started, and then moved from there. I went out to Germany. I went on a cruise liner. I was on a French uh, a ship, a German ship. Uh, our company was in uh, Monte Carlo, and I did a world cruise with them. Right, gone around the globe, cooking up food for everybody, and then came back to India and started working for different companies and worked for Taj Group of Hotels, which is a uh, one of the largest uh, hotel chain of India. They have hotels in the U.S. too. And um, then I got an invitation from one of my ex-chefs. that said, why don't you go and work in U.S.? Um, I said, sure, why not? And I came to U.S. in 2005 to work with Tamron, New York as a chef. Right. So we should probably explain, in India, frequently the best chefs work in hotels, right? Is yes. That, that's always been my understanding. It was always like that. Now, yes, the trend of standalone restaurants are coming up. But when we were growing up, the best chefs were always in the five-star hotels. 
they were there where they you see the style there where you see the class there where you see the the people who had you know money and time to go out and dinner right so to dine so that's what the most of the chefs come from five star and the hotels. chefs could throw out, show their passion out their finis of work right it's it's i guess how do you how do you explain that i i mean cuz the the concept of hotel restaurants is is it's never really gotten going here in Houston but I guess when you have a a more affluent clientele and and a more leisurely clientele that's where that's where people go to dine in an elevated elegant way. So it's like um uh, when when we look back um our career and look look at those hotels or the restaurants like Bukhara and Dampok. Uh, first of all these companies were huge. They have enough money to pump in to make a fabulous restaurants, you know. uh make them only for dinners or make them only to dine in uh you know exclusivity like dampok means you have a very style of a food with just it's a dam cuisine a lot of expensive ingredients are used bukhara is a very rustic you know and you have all those big expats and people coming in and spending that kind of money uh and suppose you are a style alone restaurant and if you don't have a, that huge background of money it's very difficult to survive uh you know if you have one bad night it's bad uh whereas if it's an it's a hotel you can you have sources to you know connection and i'm talking about this 20 years 25 years back things are much better now 25 years back i think the connection what the hotels could made in terms of getting different chefs and people was far more easier and better and so the people also wanted to get into those big five star hotels to dine in to showcase oh, i'm going to dine in and you know so and so hotel i'm in memorials i'll be in taj i'll be sitting in a residency i'll be sitting in you know 15th floor of a restaurant rest you know hotel restaurant and dining in but the standalone restaurants couldn't make it but now yes the trend is changing there are a lot of standalone coming in okay so you came to you said you nor- new york in 2005 yes sir and where were you working Tamrin New York Tamrin at between Park and Grand on 23rd Street the uh, one of the finest indian restaurant of the country and 2005 we got the first michelin uh, guide coming into us and tamrin was a recommended restaurant of that it was not given a michelin star at that time but it was a michelin recommended restaurant at that time and then when did you come to houston so from there i moved to uh, california I was in California working with Amber India which is again the one of the finest Indian restaurant in the Bay Area ranked among the top 100 for years and years in 15 years in a row and they have a big chain now they've from 78 restaurant so they hired me and I went moved there I lived in California and then one day I got a call from uh, Houston and uh, so somebody known they wanted me to help them to grow their restaurant so i came in and i was helping them to develop their restaurant develop their catering business and then one day realized that you know i, I think we should do it's a nice place to move into from california so right it's a much more affordable Correct. city than the bay area i think you're right that's something which always uh, was a plus point that we can afford to open our own which probably I couldn't have done in California myself. So so what restaurant did you come here to work for? <laughs> Do you really want me to disclose that? <laughs> I, I I you don't have to, but I'm obviously very curious. <laughs> I'll tell you later that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um I knew just so what so what were you doing while Sunil was kind of working for these places and and building his resume? I was first I stayed at home for some time because the kids were small and then later I joined with Citigroup. Oh, okay. I joined in the banking side because I need a little more time off with the kids and then had teaching in culinary school. So that is more flexible timing was there. And All right, now so I support him with the restaurants. Right. So, all right. So you came to Houston to work for another restaurant. You decide that you like Houston, you want to go off on your own. Uh that's when you opened Great Wakana. Correct. Yes. So that that takes us what to about 2010 or 11? 2010. 2010. 2010. 2010. 
2010 July, we opened the restaurant. And this was in, I want to say this was in Meadows or Stafford? Yes, or? it was a Meadows place, a city within the Stafford zip code, very small little niche place. And we just wanted to open a very small little restaurant, which we can manage ourselves, you know, but just create a different food. Me- Meadows, the, the city where I got my first speeding ticket as an 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Vicious. <laughs> Infamous. And everybody said, oh, you're opening in a small place. You know what? There's no business in the evening. We said, oh, great. We can go home early, spend some time with the family. That's what the but whole it, idea was. At 8 o'clock, I'll be home. We left home that place at 11 o'clock. No, you had, I mean, you under the radar doesn't quite describe it because you, you got some critical attention pretty quickly. Um, but maybe maybe it's the best restaurant that not enough people talked about is a great restaurant. Is that... Is that, um, I guess that's my perception. I would, you know, like at times as a chef, you do feel that, you know, um, what are you doing all this for? You know, and not as a chef, I think in any kind of profession, you will always feel that what, why I'm doing this? What exactly I want to do that? Am I, am I creating a, you know, living or I'm creating, I'm, I'm, I'm here to create something different. So as a chef, we felt that, you know, that we want to create ambassador of a cuisine to this part of the world, we need to bring back the old cuisine in a very different manner. That's what we did. Well, uh, right. Cause so you had been working at, at five-star hotels and, and places that had been gotten the attention of the Michelin inspectors. Uh, Ray Wakana was, was not like that, right? Is that a fair description? Yes, it I was mean, not. Because we wanted to put our foot down first in a small place where we know where the clientele is and what kind of expectation is out of us. We didn't want to open something and then just fall, fall flat. flat. Right. But obviously there's, there's a lot of Indian restaurants, especially in the Sugar Lane Stafford area. So how did you distinguish yourself when you started? Just with the quality of food <laughs> and service? The question, <laughs> the, so there are a lot of things, you know, we, when we were opening this particular restaurant, so obviously you have a lot of feelings within you. It's a mixed feeling. You're scared whether you will survive or not. You probably would have been a good chef. You probably would have done good in life. You would have, you know, catered to one of the best people, you know, maybe on your resume. I mean, you were in a team who was cooking for Queen, who was cooking for, you know, Duke of Edinburgh, who was cooking for Bill Clinton. That's all is fine. But now you're starting your own. You know, the only thing I remember taught by one of my general manager, who still praises a lot on Facebook, he says that, you're as good as the last meal you have cooked. And I remember that always in my life that you're as good as the last meal you have cooked, right? So there's a time you need to start from scratch. And that's what we did. We thought, okay, let's do a very small place. The only thing we'll do is we'll not do buffets because Indian food is kind of branded as a buffet restaurant in this part of the world. No, no buffets. We will not do buffets. So we filtered out the crowd. A lot of people said, you will close down in two months. And this is area where you will close down. But thank God that place made us what we are today, right? That place has had, you know, I will, I have no regrets on opening that place. No, we do, you know, had a scare in the beginning. But that place has just rocked so well, so well that there are times when people have waited for one, one and a half hour just to get a table inside. This is the first time ever I have seen on one table, two people are sitting on one side, are paying their bill, absolutely not knowing anything. The other side, two people sitting. And they were ready to sit like and that. And they were ready to sit like that. I remember those nights when people will come and say, Chef, Chef, that table is about to finish. Give them the bill. I want to go and sit there. Make it fast. Can you we believe it? We still get a table who waited for one and a half hour and they, they came here. flight ticket and they came now to Kirby too. They said, do you remember us? He said, absolutely. We knew they we were waited just having the cold night. F- yes. I, they waited for one and a half hour just to get the table in and then waited for the food for one and a half. The day that article came out of in Houston Chronicle, at a 50-cover restaurant, we yeah. served 350 guests. Right. You, you had an early champion in Allison Cook who kind of got the word out. Yes. I mean, she, she really helped establish your reputation, I would say. I'm thankful to her. Yeah. She really did. Uh, and then so from, from Meadows then to the Energy Corridor. So Energy Corridor was a second venture. It was a Vakana Express, which is, um, again, the street food of India in a very eclectic way is what the idea was. So we made the restaurant in 2014. 2014 to 2015, we rock. We had absolutely no time to think what's going on. And then the oil industries 
ups and down and then 2017 was a bad time for us then when our landlord doesn't want to renew our leases we had to shut that our main milking cow down and the only place we had to move into energy corridor with our full operations that's what we did kept looking for a place outside we looked around at least 100 different spots to come into it and then we found kabi collections in fact more than us finding we finding out they found us too and they said oh we want you here chef what shall we do to bring you here yeah um, i'm i'm fascinated by this we we talked about this when i when i dined at the restaurant uh several weeks ago they they didn't offer you uh, a spot at the kirby collection until they tried you out right yes how many yes. you told me they they visited you something they like told 20 me, times yes they told me they have sent at least 30 35 people from there you know and different timing different timings to try a few that's what they said i don't know i don't even know <laughs> but they but mystery shoppers right right but so so they were very confident in you um did you feel like you were ready to come inside the loop was that was that a priority for you i think the idea was to get the food global the idea was to to get the food closer to the clientele the time since we have opened at vakana we had this guest who used to come and tell me all the time that you are you are you are at wrong place you are at wrong place and some you of them are very to. happy when we ha- the landlords in renew our leases or whatever they say we are very thankful to them because now you have to come inside the loop <laughs> so <laughs> right it's it's you have to be you have to be pushed out of the, the nest uh, oh yes correct of your comfort zone and sometimes we just felt only one thing in that place was might be the space we had a very small place and we couldn't showcase out a lot of stuff because of space concern right i mean i think what what really distinguishes veranda it, you can you can see this fine dining pedigree that you have in the linens and the flatware and the very elegant design and and the table side and it, you know it's a it's a much more elevated experience eating indian food i mean i really other than a restaurant like kiran's i can't think of any restaurant in town that that marries that kind of style um with indian cooking you're right so how is it how has it been received i mean you've only been open for a couple of months we've got a good good response and we do have good lot of well-wishers who are happy that we are here want to support us and a lot of people say oh you know what you are out of the loop we didn't try you but now you're inside we like to try you up and we trying to improve ourselves every day to give a better experience as another reason we even closed everything else we said let's you know what let's concentrate on one place and be happy there and showcase ourselves in a different manner so that people can experience indian food in a different style yeah sunil just talk to me about kind of the menu because i do think it's you're you're incorporating elements with wild game and and the tableside aspects that i i don't think people are expecting so you know the the, the two aspects of uh, you know this particular restaurant we call it progressive indian cuisine which is things which is how the cuisine is progressing progressing in this world the second part is the deep down culture and deep down cuisine which is so old so we call it the forgotten cuisine of india so how these two marry is what the veranda is all about veranda is the word veranda now question is why we kept the name veranda right that's well, the I, question i think the question is why you Yes, both why you walked away from the Wakana branding that you had established and then how you settled on Veranda as an alternative. So Wakana we don't want to walk out. Wakana is my it's deep down in my heart. It's a beautiful name. We Wakana means harmony in Vedic Sanskrit and we kept that name. Veranda we kept this particular name is because Veranda has set a kind of a standards. People expect that. People want that. People don't want people when we open Wakana Express people expect the same. So we don't want that to happen in this part. So we said okay we have to change the name. We have to change the brand. Now why veranda? Veranda is a place in Indian culture where all the dining happen, all the socializing happen. It was a place which is outside the house. Every house has had that. You have the friends and people meeting. The five elements what we talk about meets at veranda. So we created those five elements in the restaurant and that's why we call it veranda. and what we want to do in veranda is want to get you the feel of the age old indian cuisine in a very contemporary style now games 
I come from Rajasthan, born and brought up. Game, you talk about venison, you talk about boar, you talk about quails, you talk about turkeys, you talk about all these kinds of meat, petridges, you know, rabbits, everything is eaten there. So how I can bring that age-old cuisine to this part is what is it we are trying to do. And it, his French food just helped him over there because he can present plating and everything. The way we were taught in college also is you first eat with your eyes. If the food has to look presentable, only then you're going to touch that food. Right, and it, it has to, right, well, and <laughs> and that was even before Instagram, right? Now yes. we all, yes. you know, I sit down with my friends and someone starts to, to reach for something, they're going to get stabbed with a fork if I don't get to take a picture of it beforehand. <laughs> Um, and then it, does it, does it feel good to be able to be in a more elegant atmosphere? I mean, are you, are you excited to be able to show off that side of your cooking in a way that you maybe couldn't at your previous businesses? I think somewhere deep down, there's some kind of an ego of a chef, which you need to get satisfied and that gets satisfied when he, you showcase yourself and we're in a show business, right? So it does feel good that you can showcase your cuisine. Um, in we have not compromised at Vakana. You know, we have not compromised at all at Vakana. We did whatever we could. We did something called the Forgotten Cuisine of India. There, every third Thursday of the month, we used to bring it one particular cuisine or one particular region, and bring the food out. I had, you know, chance of working with the masters where we got food. Um, you know, where the in BCs, when the Mahajas got married, that kind of menus. So we have done that cuisine too. So we have not compromised there also. But yes, in this particular location, we are showcasing a lot. We have yet to open up our tasting menu. We yet to come out with a lot of other things. So we just got our brunch menu out. Um, we got our come up couple of the games and stuff all on the menu. And next is to get our tasting menus out. Right, so so lunch, dinner, and brunch right now. That's the that's the current range of offerings. Yes. All right, and then tell us what we can expect from the tasting menu because I think that really will set you apart from every other. Indian so we're trying to get one is that a kebab journey of a kebab. How kebab has originated, how kebab has taken the shape, and where the kebabs has gone is one idea, which is very very important. Second thing is a tasting menu about the vegetarian. There's a huge vegetarian clientele and Indian food has been huge in the vegetarian. So we want to do a tasting menu with the vegetarian food. That's the second vegetarian tasting menu. And then there is a, India has covered three sides by sea. So there's enough seafood which is eaten from Goa to Kerala to you know, Andhra Pradesh to Tamil Nadu to Bengal. People eat a lot of seafood. So how to incorporate that and get a seafood tasting menu is another. So there's a lot of things which is playing into mind. Slowly and slowly we'll, we'll get that. Right. I, I think intuitively, you know, in Houston we have enough Indian options. We we understand that, that it's not just, you know, butter chicken and chicken tandoori and lamb kebabs and biryani, even though we all love those things. So I, I do think that the... Timing is right. I think, you know, we just as a, as a population of diners, we we want to know more about this country and the different regions and the specialties, just like we do about a country like Mexico that has a very deep regional culinary tradition. And and it's, you know, it's not just enchiladas and tacos, right? Like, you know, so I think I think in that sense, I think there will definitely be an audience for uh, what you're doing, because I, I you you know, you tell me that I can come and have a you know, a five course kebab tasting and I like sign me up. So when do you start to want to roll that out? I mean, um, we, we just, we just a month old. We just got a brunch menu saying probably in a month's time, we'll have our tasting menus in maybe before that we have done a couple of tasting. In fact, a couple of guests have come and said, we'll just, just get us a tasting, whatever you want to do it. We have done a vegetarian tasting for four people last week. We have done a kebab tasting for somebody and uh, then we have done our tasting of uh, biryanis. Uh, we have also a tasting of chutneys. There's also in a region called Bihar, we have something called um, chokha, 
So we're doing a tasting of a chokha. So you you really don't have to do a whole lot of a tasting menu. But if you're a vegetarian and if you want to do a chokha tasting, we'll get you a four or five different kind of chokhas. Chokhas is basically like, um, you know, salsa, Something right? Salsa, it's, a, yeah. it's like a salsa, but it's a different way with eggplant, with, you know, squashes, with potatoes, with tomatoes and everything. So... Uh, we will definitely roll out soon. And as what you're saying about it, I had I had this conversation with a lot of chefs, interaction with a lot of chefs, and I had this one gentleman told me, oh, what chicken tikka masala and palak paneer is what you guys cook. And he was from Italian origin. If I say, if you are just spaghetti and meatball, will you like it? <laughs> right. You're, I mean, right. You're just spaghetti and meatballs and lasagna. I mean, would you like it? I mean, this deep down route to every cuisine. It's just that certain things became popular. Certain big things became very famous. Certain, certain things people, you know, get familiarized very fast, right? And relate. And that's what it is. And then, Anu, what's it? How's the front of the house side? I mean, are do people appreciate the refined service? Is it, they are they do, receptive they all, to it? A lot of people loved it. And some people are a little unhappy that we moved out of that old place because of the convenience of driving closer something. But then right. they always said, we'll dr- drive down anywhere because it's your food. And they always liked that one of us always in the front of the house because, and since we both are chefs, it's easier for me to tailor their dishes. If they say, okay, I'm allergic to this, I don't eat this, that can be taken care of. Right, so gluten allergies, all that stuff, yes. you're, you're all very comfortable with that. Oh, yes. Well, the, I think... Those things are perfectly all right. I'm like, people come and tell me, have you written down vaguely? Any allergy, just let us know. We'll take care of that. We'll definitely love to take care of that. I mean, my only concern is that why somebody will come to a restaurant to eat a food, you know, if he cannot get what he wants to eat. Right. Yeah, I, I've never understood. I've never understood the people who are like, I can't, I'm, I'm on a very restrictive diet. I'm trying to lose weight. I can't eat anything with, you know, butter or oil and it has to be no salt. It's like, well, maybe just maybe just stay home. Like like maybe, you know, I vegans, vegetarians, gluten-free, all that uh, all that's fine. It's when you're it's when you're trying to lose weight and you're like I I can only eat like plain grilled meat. It's like maybe maybe and vegetables. It's like maybe just stay home. <laughs> but other than that, no, but I'm I'm glad that you're accommodating um, that brings me to the end of my questions, unless there's something else you want to discuss. No, nothing. Um, um, we're, we're just enjoying uh, Inside the Loop, and I will just tell people that come and try, give a chance. There is a very different experience of Indian food. It is not the usual thing, as you mentioned. Um, you know, we do do chicken tikka masala. We do do butter chicken, and we do sak paneer, and and you, know, you do very stuff. good versions of them. Yes, thank you very much. Um, this is something which I have always told you, but there's a huge difference between a butter chicken and a chicken tikka masala. They are not the same. No, they're not the same. Do you want to explain what the difference is? So, butter chicken is a chicken which melts like a butter in your mouth. It's a buttery sauce. The chicken has been cooked. It's pulled out of the you know whole tandoori chicken and you know, sets into it, it should just melt in your mouth. That's what the butter chicken is all about. Like a butter it is. The sauce is like a butter. Chicken tikka masala is a chunkier pieces of chicken and a very chunkier sauce, a little more spicier than the butter chicken, a little different flavors altogether. A little, not that much of sauce, very thick consistency. Two different things. Both have tomato base, but totally different flavors. Right. And that's why when people ask me what region of India is a cuisine coming from, we just say, we try to touch one one region and bring a small dish out of it because even if you stick to one region, you still can't put all the menu into it. Right. So we try to just we just say we just Indian food, not north, not south, not west. We just say it's just Indian. it's Indian. It's it's Indian. All right. So I always end this interview with something I call the lightning round: five silly questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. All right, Sunil. Uh-huh. What is your favorite cookbook? Scoffy. Uh, all right. Anu, what is the uh, first band or musical performer you saw in concert? Bad question you've asked. All right. <laughs> we, we, I'll tell you, so what we used to do in catering colleges, our job was, if there's any band performing, you need to go and hold a place for seniors. 
You'll be there at four o'clock, oh, holding a place for seniors. Seniors will come and take the spot, and you move out. <laughs> uh. Okay, um, Sunil, what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-through. Tacos. Do you have a favorite place for tacos? Taco Bell. That's the only way it's open at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the night. <laughs> that's a perfectly good... All right. When we drive home at 1 in the night, that's the only place it's open. <laughs> all right. I always ask people, do you have a, a favorite Houston athlete from one of our, our teams, like the Astros or the Rockets? Do you, James do you have any? Harden. James Harden. That's a good answer. All right. And then finally, uh, do you eat pizza? Love it. What do you get on a pizza the first time you go to a pizzeria? What's Margarita. Your, perfect. Uh, give us the website and, and how to find uh, Veranda Progressive Indian Restaurant. It's www.verandarestaurant.com and we are 3300 Kirby Drive, Suite 7A. Our website is still not fully launched. It should be done by the, this week. And if people want to make a reservation, do you, do you know they the can phone? just They can call up at 281-5010258 or 0528 or 832-886-4291. We've still not tied up with any open table and anything. A couple of them have approached. We'll see which works out good for us. We'll try some. We'll tie it up with somebody. Very good. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for being here. Thank it's you. a pleasure. You can follow me on Twitter at eSandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. This is your periodic reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. We always appreciate your comments and reviews, but like Katie Nolan always says, only if they're five stars and only if they're nice. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.